Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. About loyalty and how important it is to be loyal to God and to the church. Because I want to say this, how many realize tonight that one of the ways that I show my loyalty to God is through my local church? Amen. And this is a great turnout tonight, a great Wednesday night. So God, God wanted you here for a reason. Amen. You know, someone in the Bible that I was thinking of named Peter, we're going to look at Matthew 26, verse 35. Peter was somebody who would talk about being loyal. We talked on Sunday about it's not all about talk, it's about action. Amen. And so Peter said, how many know Peter was good at talking? Right? And says, Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Leave that verse up there for a minute. I'm going to read it again. Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. And so should all of us say tonight. Can you say amen? We should all be saying, Lord, till the end. All the way till the end. Matthew actually says in another chapter in 24, I don't have this in the notes tonight, but it says, he who endures till the end shall be saved. Amen. So there's something about enduring, but part of how I show my loyalty to God is is through the local church, which we're doing tonight. We come and we serve, and we come and we show up. We come and we we, uh, volunteer. We come and we receive. We come and we do the things of God, and we say, this is the place that God has placed me to be in. This is where I'm going to receive, and this is where I'm going to uh, stay. Can you say amen? You know, how many have got a restaurant that you like to go to? Let me see your hands. You've got a place uh, that you like to a go-to place, and you're loyal to that place. You know, you, you might try a different place, but you like that place, and you go back there because there's something that draws you to it. Uh, it's not necessarily because you're getting a benefit from it other than good food probably, but sometimes I'll go into restaurants like one of my favorites, if everybody knows, is Cracker Barrel. That's one of my favorite restaurants. I love their pancakes, and I love their company. I love what they're about. I love everything about them. I love how they have employees who have been there a long time. The one down here, down the road, in in Denton here by by 380, has two ladies there who have been there for over 25 years. That's loyal. I don't think Cracker Bell's paying that good. But they're, they're doing something right to get this. And so I know these ladies, when I do go in there, they recognize me. And it's not like I go in there a lot. I may go in there once, or, once a week, maybe once or twi- every two weeks or something. But it's not like I'm every day. But they know me. And then one lady, she'd been there for 25 years. And, she, and I'm paying one day. And she, and she says, hold on a second. I'm going to come around and give you a hug. And she's an older lady, okay? But she said, I'm going to come around and give you a hug. And I'm like, give me a hug. She's like, yeah, I'm moving to Mississippi. And this is, gonna, this is my last day. So she came over, and she gave me a hug, and I imagine she's going to go work for Cracker Barrel in Mississippi because she's been there for so long. The other lady that's a cash cash register there has been there since that thing opened. And I look at people like in our home church who have been there for 40 years. You know, there's something about longevity, amen? There's something about staying with something that is a real characteristic of a Christian, and I want to I give you some thoughts tonight as we, as we look at this one more time. Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for giving us a, a heart that's directed towards you. 
We ask you just to arrest our minds tonight. Lord, get our minds off of work. Get our minds off of tomorrow. Get our minds off of yesterday. Help us just to receive a word tonight that's going to grow us and build us and, and do great things in our life tonight. Lord, move by the power of your Holy Spirit. Let nobody leave the same way they came in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We have uh, a perfect confirmation to this message tonight. We've got two gentlemen here visiting from the, the Gideon ministry. How many know, have ever, ever heard of the Gideon ministry? How many ever been to a hotel and you opened up that drawer and you saw the Gideon Bible? That, that's a perfect picture. I, I kind of laugh inside when things like this happen, that they would show up tonight to our church. Uh, they go around and they, and they find places to put Bibles, and one of them has been since he was 30, and I think he's 35, maybe. So he's been with Gideon for quite a while. But that ministry started over 109 years ago by two men who were salesmen who were challenged by their mom to, to spread the gospel, and then they started uh, doing that, and then all of a sudden they started getting the heart with some pastors to put, the to put the Bibles in the hotels, and now they're in over 200 countries around the world. Amen? They stayed loyal to what God was calling them to do, and it opened up tremendous doors. Amen? Shake somebody next to you and say, God loves you. Smile. <laughs> Amen. I'm not preaching on hell, am I? Okay, just making sure. I thought I, mentioned, I preached a hell verse or something. There's a, watch this. There's a direct God-ordained correlation to the loyalty that we have to God through our loyalty to the house of God. It's a direct correlation. And I'm going to show you a story here in a second. If you're getting your Bibles to another place, actually, I don't want to go there yet, but I'm going to go to Samuel in a moment, but don't go there because I have one more verse. But I'm going to show you a correlation of way back in the Old Testament, the temple, Solomon's temple and, and that, was, that was built after David, and how the house of God has always been the place that I show God my loyalty by showing up, Amen. And so it's something that we have to keep inside of us here in our church here in, in Denton. We have people who've been with us for 11 years. This church is 11 years old. That's a powerful thing. People have been from the very, very beginning. Listen to this, uh, what I think is a very good uh, thought on what the identity and purpose of the church is. Okay, As we're relating this to loyalty, and I ask myself, do I have loyalty, got loyalty? Listen to this, the church's identity and purpose. There are some who think of the church as an organization like other organizations. Okay, we, we, and I said that, that we can have that thought sometimes because of society and because of those things I mentioned earlier. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe some kind of club that you were a part of or maybe some kind of uh, school group that you were a part of or whatever, team. Or, so we kind of get a, a kind of a messed up idea of what the organization of the church is. It is true that the church is an organization. How many know that? It's a worldwide organization, and we know that the actual real at the core church of Jesus Christ does not have a president, does not have a, a, a known named leader because we have all kinds of denominations and all that, but we know that the true church at its heart is led by Jesus, the true church, right? And we all have parts, in, and tonight we're a non-denominational church, but we're part of a church of, that's a fellowship of churches. So we don't have a denomination but we are part of a church of, of uh, uh, fellowship of churches that have like-mindedness, and we're working together for a common cause. And we have someone who leads our fellowship. But our leader in the in the world is Jesus. Every 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 identity in every church, 
And so it says that the church isn't an organization, but it's not primarily an organization. Watch this. Rather, the church is a new way of life. I love what Jesse said at the offering. This is, my family is growing. Amen. I, we've said this before. You find in church how, how you find a family in church that you don't even have in your own blood family. Many of you in here have found that. Amen. And many of you have found a family you never had before. And so it's a new way of life. Keep listening. Those who have the view that being a part of the church is like being a member of a lodge or a lunch club or a political party, or even a business are seriously mistaken because people like that feel that they should give to the church the same kind of support and loyalty that they would give to these other organizations. I mean, oh, we should not give the same loyalty to this organization, the church, that we should to others. We should give more, right? How, how, how much am I always challenging you about your correlation between the work of God and your job. You shouldn't be on time to your job and late to church. You shouldn't give everything you have to your job and part of yourself to your church. It should be the other way around. Everything you do should be excellence here, excellence there, but more excellence here because this is God's organization. Are you with me? So it becomes my church. Say it's my church. Just like people say, it's my lodge, my party, my club, my team. Now listen to this. This is where it gets important. The Christian's loyalty to church, however, should be unique. For in reality, our, our loyalty tonight is not to me or to Victory World Outreach or to some other church name. Our loyalty is to Christ and his way of life. The church Listen, the church is like no other. When I say church, by the way, I mean the true church. I mean the church that's preaching the gospel, the church that's doing it right, which we hope we are, is like no other institution on earth. Listen, and a person's membership in the church is like no other membership in the world. Because we all have memberships here tonight to things that we don't necessarily go to. One might start with a G and end with an M. With one letter Y between them. <laughs> Amen. It's like no other membership church in the world because it sustains itself through people who have no other motives than to be a part of the kingdom of God. Listen to this. The church is more like a vibrant, living organism than some cold, structured organization. Amen. Some people make the mistake of thinking that the church exists for entertainment or exists for the enjoyment of its members. Can, can, can somebody agree with me that that can be the case sometimes, that, that we think church is to entertain us, or that we think that church is to give us something, that church exists so that we can be uh, fulfilled ourselves, that we can come in and pass time, that we can feel better. All those things happen Lots of good things happen, but what's the real reason that the church exists? In order that its members may have an intimate relationship with Christ. Amen? That's the real reason. An intimate relationship with Christ as well as a close relationship with mankind, with our brothers and sisters. How many have learned by coming to church how to get along with other people? Right? 
And, and, and it's beautiful when it's like it is in our church tonight with all the countries represented and all the nationalities and all the backgrounds and all the diversity and all the cultures and all the differences that we have from all kinds. Of, that's the beautiful thing is we come and we get along together. And God says, as he says in Hebrews, I want you to never forsake the assembling together of yourselves. Like some do, it says, and and they're getting off track. He says, I want you to continue to assemble together. I want you to see in our family, in our church, our our real family, when we can't work things out, we just don't talk. We just kind of, there's that word estranged. We're just estranged from each other. But in church, God makes us sit by each other. God makes us see each other in the line going to get food. God makes us go to the prayer room together. God makes somebody come next to me at the altar that I need to pray for or they need to pray for me. Amen. Somebody, uh, maybe you're sitting there and thinking, I'm going to sit on the whole other side of the church. You know what, I'm not saying this because I don't feel like we even have that in this church, thank God. That's a blessing. But I'm going to sit on the other side of the church so I don't have to deal with that person. And then somehow that row fills up and then they're right next to you. God somehow makes it so they're right next to you. And you got to work it out. That's what the church is for. But there are people along the way, as we talked about the Gideons, for example, along the way, people could have dropped out. But you know what? No matter what happened, 109 years later, there's two gentlemen sitting in our church that are working for that organization, serving for that organization, volunteering for that organization, that that because of other people staying loyal to Gideon's vision, Bibles are being distributed all over the world tonight. Amen? Because of the loyalty of men and women, people who've come together to, to do a work. We wouldn't be sitting here tonight if it wasn't for the loyalty of people who came before us. And so it's always me saying, I'm not going to be the one who drops the ball. I'm not going to be the one who drops the, the torch. I'm not going to be the one who drops the baton, amen, as that baton is being passed to me. And I need to stay with it and run until I'm supposed to pass the baton on to the next person. But look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, and 9 and 10. There's a couple verses here that shows us in the Bible that there are times when people forsake and lose their loyalty, not only to God, but to the church. And that loyalty comes, again, I, I can't say this enough, I show my loyalty, church, I show my loyalty to God through his house. Amen? How many agree with that? That's how, I, that's how I, it's not the only way, but it's a huge way. It's a large way. Because as you get saved and you begin to be discipled, church becomes part of your life when you're doing it right. Now we know some people get saved and they go, they go check in real quick for 45 minutes on a Sunday and they're out. They don't want to do anything more than that one service. But when, it's re- when something's really happening in your life, and God has really given you a new life, you want to get involved. You want to do more. That's why you're here on a Wednesday night. That's why I'm preaching this to you tonight, because this is the true church, the church that comes in on a Wednesday night and says, I, I could be home, I could be doing something else, but I'm here. Amen. Don't raise your hand if you don't want to be here. Watch this. Paul says these words. This is interesting. I like how it's broken up here. We're going to look at this just for a second. He says these words, and we might not know what he's meaning here. He's saying something. He says, be diligent. Don't change the verse yet. Be diligent to come to me quickly. So he's he's asking for some help, but we don't really know why. We don't really know what's going on. He says, 
Be diligent. Diligence showing that consistency. How many know we need consistency in our walk with God? Coming to church shows our consistency. It says, be diligent to come to me quickly. Why? Why? Why do you say that? Look at verse 10. For Demas has forsaken me. Demas has forsaken me. Now, Demas got his name in the Bible, and he's there forever. Poor Demas. I mean, he's been there for 2,000 years, and he's not going anywhere. But how many know there's a lot of Demases, and how many know we could be Demas? Some of us might have been Demas at some point. But we, maybe we came back around. But there's something that drew this man. It says, Demas has forsaken me. Now, now if Paul says that Demas has forsaken me, did he forsake Paul? Or did he do something worse than that? Did he forsake the Lord? He forsook the church. He forsook the, the work. It, but, but Paul saying this, Paul says, he didn't say, but he doesn't say Demas has forsaken the Lord. Although we know that's the ultimate. He's, he says Demas has forsaken me. So he's making it personal to the work that was going on in that place. And we'll, we see that where that is here. And he says, why? Why has why Demas forsaken me? Because he loves this present world. He loves this present world. Now that could be many things. That could go a lot of different directions. It could be somebody who, who just backslides and goes back to their vomit, as the as Proverbs says. Just goes back to their old ways, goes back to drugs, goes back to alcohol, goes back to their party life, goes back to their selfishness, whatever. But it, it could also be somebody who, when it says this present world, it could be somebody who says, I, I'm angry at the world, or I have unforgiveness. We don't know really what Demas' heart was, other than it says, he has loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica, Crescens for Galatia, and Titus for Dalmatia. So we see this loyalty broken in this picture with Paul and Demas. Amen? So I want to read to you the definition of loyalty. You know, you don't find the word loyal or loyalty in the Bible in verses very easily, but did you know that you also don't find the word Trinity? Amen. But we know it's very important. Listen to what the definition of loyalty is. Because you know that every time I preach, I'm always challenging you to check yourself. Ask yourself, where am I at? Like I said at the beginning, am I loyal? It says, giving or showing firm and constant, say constant, support or allegiance to a person or an institution. Now we know first and foremost tonight, our allegiance is to Jesus. Can I get a better amen? Thank you for that one lonely amen. If you don't get your allegiance to Jesus right, you better forget it. If your allegiance tonight is to Victory World Outreach, you got problems. Your allegiance needs to be to Jesus, but your allegiance to Jesus might be through, showing through the work that is going on in your church, Victory World Outreach. But your allegiance is to Jesus. So it's to a person or an institution. And the institution is not Victory World Outreach. The institution is the church of Jesus Christ. Synonyms are, synonyms are faithful, true, true-hearted, tried and true. Ask yourself, is my faith tried and true? Another one is true blue, devoted. We have to ask ourselves, is my faith devoted? Am I loyal? Am I true blue? Am I truly uh, in this till the end, no matter what happens? My attitude, for, for me personally, in this, I've been in this fellowship for 20 years, very thankful for it. Unless they preach a different doctrine, unless they change the gospel that they're preaching, 
I'm going to be in this fellowship until I die because it's, it's a good one, and I'm loyal to it, and I'm staying with it because it has been loyal to me. Are you all here? There's so many things in this fellowship that God has done for me and allowed me to be a part of that I could not have done. I, I don't know. It's not this doesn't mean for sure it could never happen, but I don't, I don't know if I would have ever gone and preached in Africa in the Congo or, the, or Kenya or preached in the Czech Republic or preached all these different places if I wasn't a part of this fellowship. They opened up these doors for me to be a part of something, to do something greater with somebody else than I could do by myself. Now, there's times that your loyalty will be tested. Can you say amen? Just like marriage. Carla was getting her license changed to the address, the new address today, and she was stuck in purgatory for three hours. Now, we know purgatory doesn't exist spiritually, but it does physically, and it's called the DMV. Has anybody ever been there? It's horrible. And this one in Decatur is a little nicer than the one in Denton, but they're still horrible because everybody's rude. It's like six feet by six feet, and there's 100 people in there. And, and you have to wait forever to get this stuff done. And then you bring all the papers they tell you to bring, and it's not the ones you need ever. But she's in there waiting for, uh, for to get this done. She said, an old 89-year-old man. No, 80, he was 89 too. 89-year-old man was sitting there for a while. How old was he? He was 87. And he was sitting there for a while, and Carla helped him with his papers, trying to help him get, get you know find out what he needed to do to to renew his license or whatever he was doing. And all of a sudden, he, he says, I, he got up, he's like, I got to go. And, and he, he, he sat there for no reason. And he started breaking down and come to find out his wife had just died. And her funeral was Saturday, this coming up Saturday. So everybody got, you know, came together and said, no, 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 don't leave. And they, they attended him real fast and helped him get done. But he broke down and said, me and my wife were together for over 60 years. That's loyalty. Right? That's loyalty. And how many know in that 60 years, we know this, this Sunday, or sorry, not this Sunday, a week from Sunday, we're going to celebrate my mom and dad's 50th wedding anniversary. That's a lot of years. How many know in those 50 years or in those 60 years that that couple was together, there were some times when their loyalty to each other was tested? You don't wake up every day in marriage just, just dying to be loyal to that person. Your loyalty is tested. It's the same in church. It's the same in your walk with God. Your loyalty is tested. But God is looking for some men and some women who stay loyal to the work. And they don't let little things that are not important break them off. So, so they have to go start over again. How many know when you uproot something and you go try to plant it again, it hardly ever grows the same way? I'm not saying it can't, but there's something about rooting yourself in a place like so many of you have done. Many of you that are here that are rooted, stay rooted. And many of you that are getting rooted, root in more. Put the soil around you and don't let anything pull you out from being in a place where God is doing something in your life. Because I've seen so many times over the years, God really bless people, really pour out his, 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 his spirit on them and really do great things for them. And it's not, listen, it's not obviously the church that does that, but how many know there's a direct correlation to what God does in somebody's life to the church that they attend, to the place that they call home? 
And so many times over the years here in our home church and in Costa Rica and all over the place, I've seen people just get uprooted for some reason. And when they go to replant, it's never the same. It's never the same. There's, there's some, some brokenness there that happens. And so I thought of a couple. How many are still here? I thought of a couple examples. If you go to 1 Kings chapter 8, this, I was thinking about this this morning, just a couple of examples in the Bible where we see some real loyalty. And, and I really want to read this, this scripture uh, because I think it really shows it. And it's several scriptures, if you'll stay with me. 1 Kings chapter 8. We're going to be 54 to 61. Now, we know the story here. Now, this is an interesting thing. How many know we can learn from somebody who has even been unloyal? See, I've seen that happen a lot of times over the years. I've seen people come into the church here in Costa Rica and and, in our older building. and I've seen people come into the church and get plugged in who were brought in by somebody else who was in the church. And they stopped coming, and they went somewhere else, so they did something else. But then they get plugged in, and, and God begins to move in their life. But there's something about the house. There's something about the house of God. And so Solomon is the one building the temple. He's putting an emphasis on the fact that how many know the Ark of the Covenant was very important in the Old Testament. Now he wants to place this Ark of the Covenant, which is symbolic of the presence of God. He wants to place it in this building that he has built. Amen. Now, we know, just to clarify tonight, in case somebody is, thinks I'm, I'm off here, we know that God's presence is everywhere. But he instituted the church. He instituted the place that we meet together. And we thank God for this wonderful building that we meet in. But we, it's not about the building, and I'll, and I'll give you an example of that. Did you know tonight that the building that we used to be in, I was told by Santos, has been taken over by trash? It was trash before we got there, and it's trash now. It was a bar for 30 years, and now they're making a condom sense store there in the building we used to have church in. So it just goes to show it's not about the building. God's presence is no longer there because we're here. Amen. It's it's where the church is. Amen. And that's a sad thing. But the point is, wherever the ark went is where the presence of God went. But we've always had a place where that presence would be when the people gather together. So it says, and so it was when Solomon had finished praying all this prayer and supplication to the Lord that he arose from before the altar of the Lord from kneeling on his knees with his hands spread up to heaven. And he stood and blessed the assembly of Israel. You are the assembly of Denton tonight. With a loud voice saying, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. There has not failed one word of all his good promise. Now before I read the rest, I want you to understand something. Loyalty from God will never fail. God's loyalty will never fail. If there's something wrong tonight in our lives and things aren't working out, it is never God. Can I get a better amen? You can blame him all you want, but God cannot fail. He cannot lie and he cannot fail. We've talked about that before. That's the only two things he can't do. Can't lie, can't fail. So we see here that he has not failed one word of all his good promise. Now, I just want to say this in case you forget or you don't get it. As we're reading this, does anybody know 
a second ago who I said is reading this. Who, who's the one who's, who's saying this prayer? Solomon. And how many know that Solomon did not end up right? Here we are hearing the words of a wise man who was loyal at one point to God, but he didn't finish strong. And here we are 4,000, 3,000, 5,000, how many years later, to be exact, listening to his words, and he wasn't loyal. But does that make the words wrong? Does that change the, the proof and the validity of what he's saying? No. But as you're reading this, what this should be is a lesson to all of us. That even the smartest, even the most talented people can be uprooted and, and lose their loyalty to God. Anybody can. So he says, God has not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised through his servant Moses. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our father. May he not leave us nor forsake us. That he may incline, watch this, our hearts to himself. To walk in his ways. To keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments which he commanded our fathers. Watch this. And may these words of mine, isn't this interesting, with which I have made supplication before the Lord, be near the Lord our God day and night, that he may maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel each day, as, sorry, as each day may require. That all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God, that there is no other. Biggest verse here. Let your heart, therefore, there's the word, be loyal. Listen, that word loyal is not very oftenly used in the whole Bible. But there it is. Let your heart, therefore, be loyal to who? To the Lord our God. To walk in his statutes and keep his commandments as at this day. But where is he speaking to these people at? In the church. Who is he talking to? To the assembly. So one of the ways, one of the biggest ways that I show God my loyalty is in the assembly, in the place that we gather together, in the place that we come together. Listen to this. Loyalty is not a word. It is a lifestyle. There's something wrong with your character. Watch this. If opportunity controls your loyalty. Y'all thinking? There's something wrong with your character if opportunity controls your loyalty. You know, when affairs happen in marriages, an opportunity happens. Ooh, it's quiet in here. I, there's some good quotes. Don't let, sorry, don't expect loyalty from people who you don't even get honesty from. Don't expect loyalty if you can't even get honesty. How many know we need to be real? We need to be honest. Can't be loyal if I'm not real and if I'm not honest. And we need to have people in our lives who speak truth into us. We need to have people in our lives who say, listen, I, I'm not God and I'm not trying to direct your life and I'm not trying to control your life, but I may see something you don't see. Now, how many know there are a lot of, I, I, I agree and believe and know there are a lot of churches who, who, uh, who, who control. 
It's a lot of dictatorships. But the presence of God isn't in those places. Where the presence of God is, there is order, but there's also the opportunity for people to listen to the Holy Spirit, to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I, I want to say this for myself. I'm going to read one more verse tonight. Or not the whole verse, but I'm going to quote one. Here's me. I'm loyal. I'm saying this for myself. And I may not be as loyal as I want to be, but I believe myself to be a loyal person. And no matter how many times, listen, my loyalty has been abused, that's one characteristic of mine I don't ever want to change. How many want to be that way? I want to be loyal to God. I want to be loyal to my church. I want to be loyal to my fellowship. I want to be loyal to my pastor. And that's one thing that no matter how things go wrong, I don't ever want to change. I want to be the one who stays loyal regardless of what other people do. Isn't that a great characteristic and a great trait that a believer should have? Now remember, we're thinking about Peter this whole time. I don't have time because time has flown. But if you write down 2 Samuel chapter 9, the beginning of those verses in 2 Samuel chapter 9, we're not going to read them. I'm going to tell you what happened real quick. How many remember the relationship between Jonathan and David? Powerful relationship, powerful friendship of loyalty. Great example of loyalty. We need friends like David and Jonathan. And, and in that story, they're friends beyond blood. Because Jonathan is loyal to David beyond the craziness of his father Saul. He does not allow what Saul says about David to change who he knows David is. And that friendship is thicker than blood. And it's so thick that, that once Jonathan dies, how many know Jonathan dies? And when he dies, David does not. See, a lot of times people are loyal to people while they're around. Come on, somebody. They're loyal when people are around. Like, you'll be loyal. If you're, if you're loyal to somebody, don't just be loyal to them when you're face-to-face. -face. Be loyal to them when, you're, when people are talking behind them, about them behind their back. That's when true loyalty is. When you say, no, 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 you're not going to talk like that about my pastor or my friend or my church or my people. or No, no, no. No, they may not be here, but that's not how it is. And Jonathan did that. I mean, David did that with Jonathan. Jonathan did that with David. So Dave, Jonathan dies. And way down the road in this story, David remembers Jonathan. And he goes and he says, is there anybody left in the house of Saul? that I can take care of. And Mephibosheth, which is a hard word to say, finds out his, his grandson is alive and he's crippled. And he says, that man right there is going to eat from my table until the day I die. That's loyalty. Amen? That's loyalty. And you can receive the loyalty that you give. I believe that if your heart is right to God and to your church and to the people that God has put in your life, because there's an attitude that's very erroneous in the world today, in the church world, is, is and we used to have this lady in Costa Rica that would say this all the time. She'd say, Jehová es mi pastor. She said, God is my pastor. God didn't say anywhere in the word that he was a pastor. God put pastors on the earth. God put people in our lives to speak into our lives. He, 
So you can't say, well, God's, God's the one that tells me what to do. God is the ultimate voice, but he uses people. He uses people. And you can't get away from that no matter how lone ranger you want to be. You will see growth in your life when you become loyal to the work of God and realize that that work will be loyal to you. Back to you. It's not about who's real in your face. It's about who stays loyal behind your back. We end with this. Back to Peter. Remember the, remember the statement he said? Jesus, I'll go to my death for you. And then how many know that after he said that, he messed up a whole bunch of times. He denied him three times. He cut off the guy's ear. We've talked about Peter a lot. He made all kinds of mistakes. But guess what? Even with his failures, even with his mistakes, Peter kept his word. Don't, don't think that if you make a mistake or, or maybe your loyalty has been wavered at some point that you can't make it right. You can make it right. You say, you know what, I, I, I've, kind of, I've kind of wavered in my loyalty to you, Lord. I've kind of wavered in my loyalty to the work of God, but I'm going to make it, I'm going to get back, back on track tonight. Peter had those moments, and we know how he ended. Peter ended his life being crucified for Jesus. But the historians tell us, in case you didn't know in here tonight, that he wasn't just crucified. He was so loyal to Jesus that he said, Crucify me upside down because I'm not worthy to die the same way Jesus died. That's loyalty, church. How many want that kind of loyalty to the God, to the God you serve tonight? I want it. It's easy to say, but actions speak louder than words. Amen. I'm going to th- give you one last thought as we bow our heads and close our eyes. Listen to this. Some people aren't loyal to you. They're loyal to their need of you. Once their need changes, so does their loyalty. Don't don't be like that with God. Don't be loyal to God while you need something, but then when things aren't working out exactly like you want it to work out, you go look somewhere else. Great lead-in by John at prayer in tribulation in trial, in suffering, in pain. I'm staying loyal to the Lord. Amen. This is, this is a message that we need to preach. It's a message we need to know because, church, this city needs Jesus. This city needs to know that Jesus is real. We've got to stay loyal to the work so that the people that are supposed to meet Jesus through Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas, through Carrollton, through Keller, through Tanzania, through Colorado Springs, through all over the world. In our, in our work, we can't control or, or take care of what everybody else is doing. We, we're, not, we're not called to worry about the grass on the other side of the fence. We've got to take care of our grass. We've got to take care of our call. And God's given us a great vehicle tonight. God's given us a great opportunity tonight to go forward and become more loyal to God than we've ever been. Father, we thank you for challenging us. Lord, don't ever stop challenging me. I ask you to never stop challenging me. I want to be faithful to the end. I don't want to be like Solomon who had great words and great wisdom, 
but ended up following after other gods, being deceived by those women and their gods. We don't see anywhere in Scripture that Solomon finished the race with God. I want to be like Peter that maybe made some mistakes, but at the end, he stayed true to his word, and he stayed loyal to the work. All over this place tonight, just rededicate your loyalty to God. Rededicate your loyalty to the kingdom, to the work of God. Thank Him tonight for allowing you to be a part of a place that is trying its best to preach the gospel, trying its best to share the, share the love of Jesus with others, trying its best to fund the work of the cross, and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank Him tonight and stay loyal and stay true all over this place. How many are here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You're not saved. You're not born again. You don't know where you'd go if you passed into eternity tonight. If you're not sure and you want to know tonight, just say, Pastor, lift me up tonight in prayer. I don't know the Lord and I want to be saved. Just put your hand up and put it right back down all over this place. That's why the church is here tonight. That's why we exist. That's why the Gideons exist. That's why ministries exist, so that Jesus will become Lord to people. But we got to carry the torch. we got to stay loyal to the work. And this, listen, this world is pulling. This world's pulling on us to do other things. This world is pulling on us to go other ways and to be busy and to be pulled away. Stay the course. Stay the course. Peter's last words in, in 1 Peter or 2 Peter, uh, somewhere around chapter 3, is, is stay diligent and don't allow them to pull you away. Those were his words of warning. And he didn't just speak it, he lived it. He died a martyr's death for Jesus. Amen. In this place tonight, let's, let's, let's make a decision. Lord, don't allow things, don't allow situations, don't allow problems, don't allow opportunities to pull me away from my loyalty to you. You've been so loyal to me. I want to stay loyal to you. Let's stand to our feet tonight. We're going to sing a song. We're going to open up the altars for a few minutes. I hope and pray the Holy Spirit spoke something to you. I'm preaching this from, from my heart of being loyal myself. I want to be loyal to God. I don't want to allow anything to pull me away. We're going to open up the altars for a few minutes. You can find a place to pray as we begin to sing tonight and just worship the Lord. Thank Him tonight for how loyal He's been to you, how faithful He's been to you tonight. Find a place at your seat. Find a place at the... Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, Go to our website at vwotexas.com.